you don't if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Ralph Deal. I'm a senior pastor here at New Hope, and Pastor Adam and I have been uh, like every other week. We've been switching back and forth on this series uh, <clears throat> that we're calling "Found at His Feet" because there's a series of incidents that happen uh, in Luke, in the middle of Luke, that happen like back to back to back that all have to do with Jesus' feet, and so we're pulling out of those, that series of stories what we can learn about what we find at Jesus' feet. And uh, we're, we're today in Luke chapter 8, and uh, if you brought your Bible, I'd invite you to turn there. We're going to start reading in the middle of verse 42 here in just a minute. Before I do that, <clears throat> let me just mention that one of the groups that uh, we have started that Pastor Adam just mentioned is one of the growth groups, and it's called Discover New Hope Class. It's a series of four weeks on a, actually it's in October, it's the four Sundays in October, and it's like an orientation of our church. What do we believe? Who are we? How can you get connected? Those kind of things. So it's, uh, if you haven't been through the Discover New Hope class, we'd encourage you to get online, go to mynewhope.in, go to the uh, groups, uh, find the Discover New Hope, it's a a growth group, uh, and sign up for it, enroll, and we need to know if you're coming because we need to know how many workbooks to provide for you. There's no cost, but we need to know so that we can be prepared for you. Okay, so I want to encourage, especially uh, those of you that are rather new, I appreciate you coming, but we want you to be a part, not a spectator. We want you to be a participant. Okay, so we're in Luke chapter 8. We're going to start uh, in the middle of verse 42, and I'll tell you why in the middle in just a second. As Jesus was on his way... The crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, The people are crowding and pressing against you. Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how She had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Amazing story of deliverance. Amazing story of deliverance. And a woman's life was changed. But we are here to look at what can we get out of this. What is God saying to us? What do we learn from this story? The first thing I want us to see is this happens right in the middle of Pastor Adam's message last week. The story of Jairus' daughter about to die ends up dying. Jesus goes to the house, brings healing. Right in the middle of that, like Jesus is on the way to Jairus' house, and this incident happens. Now, notice it wasn't just Jesus and Jairus going to his house. It was a whole crowd of people. They were all pressing in on him. Everybody's excited about Jesus because wherever Jesus goes, something good happens. How many know wherever Jesus goes, something good happens? Amen. If you say amen every now and then, that just might spur me on. 
when I say something accidentally that's really cool. Interruptions. This, was, this is an interruption. This happens right in the middle of Jesus doing something really important. I don't know about you, but I don't like interruptions. I like to be in charge of my life. First thing in the morning, I sit down at my desk and get my Bible out because I, I read a chapter a day and I digest it, and it's my devotions. That's the first thing I do. Then I organize myself. Okay, these are the things that I have to get done today. Can't go home till this is done. Then these are the things that I want to get done, but could wait till tomorrow. And these are the things that could wait till next week if they, if they have to. So I organize myself. I know what I'm doing. I got a roadmap. I have a plan for my day. And then the phone rings. Somebody comes in, asks a question I don't have an answer to. How many know what I'm talking about? Interruptions. We don't like interruptions. Wouldn't it just be great if we were in charge of our life? But you're not in charge of your life. And to encourage you a little bit, neither is Jesus. Things happened to him along the way that he didn't plan for either. But he made allowance for them. What we all need to understand is that God is in control. And if you want God to do something cool through you, just let him do it. You don't have to go looking for it. It comes looking for you. So here's a story of this woman. She has a health issue, serious health issue. For 12 years, she has a health issue. I want to say a couple things about the woman, and if you'd like to take notes, you can write this down. Number one, she was an unclean woman. You might say, where do you get that out of this story? Leviticus, remember, this woman was living under the Old Testament. Jesus hadn't yet died and risen from the dead yet. So he's still living under the Old Covenant. This is what the law says. Leviticus chapter 15, verse 19. When a woman has her regular flow of blood, the impurity of her monthly period will last seven days, and anyone who touches her will be unclean till evening. How many knew that was in the Bible? There's a lot of things that we don't think about being in the Bible. God has thought of this. This is God's law. She's going to be unclean. That doesn't mean she's dirty. That doesn't mean she's immoral. God is a ceremonial God. That's hard for us to understand because we Americans in the 21st century, we are anything but ceremonial. We don't like rituals. We just like casual. We want to dress for church just like we dress for anything else. We want everything to be casual. We don't like ceremonies because it's too rigid. It's too stiff for us. We like things casual. But you need to understand God is a ceremonial God. He tells these priests how they have to dress. He tells them how to move from here to there. He's a ceremonial God. The reason we're not already, we've not already been hit with a bolt of lightning from God in his wrath is because Jesus Christ paid the price for us. He took away the ceremony. We still have ceremonies. 
Baptism, Christian baptism, that is a ceremony. Communion, that is a ceremony, and Jesus told us to do those things. So he's a ceremonial God. So we're talking about ceremonially unclean. Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25, just six verses later, he says, When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time, other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean as long as she has the discharge, just as in the days of her period. For 12 years, this woman has been going through this health issue where her body is discharging blood, issue of blood. It's draining out of her. She's unclean ceremonially. She can't approach God. Jesus isn't her savior yet. She is disconnected from God. This is not a good picture. This is not a good situation. 12 years, she's disconnected from God, separated from the blessing of God. She's bleeding to death. She has no favor of God in her life because she's ceremonially unclean. She's disconnected. She's separated. And the life flow is draining out of her. And she can't stop it. She goes to all the doctors, spends all her money. She cannot get healed of this life flowing out of her, the favor of God draining from her. And unless... I missed my mark. Unless I'm not in tune with what the Spirit of God's telling me, there are people in this room who feel like your life is draining out of you. The favor and promises of God that he's promised to you are just slipping away. Instead of moving ahead, you're moving backwards in life. This story is for you. So I hope you you pay attention Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it says, For the life of a creature is in the blood. Leviticus 17, 14 says, Because the life of every creature is in its blood. It says that twice in that one verse. Deuteronomy 12, 23 says, But be sure you do not eat the blood, because the blood is the life And you must not eat the life with the meat. He's talking about the sacrifices. So the life is in the blood. And she's losing it. It's draining out of her. She can't stop it. She wants to stop it. She wants to change the course of her life, but she can't change it. She's stuck right there. She's unclean, ceremonial unclean, disconnected from God. And that affects her relationships. For 12 years, it's affected her relationships. It affects her economic well-being. She spent everything she's got. And she's not getting any better. It affects her hope. After 12 years with an ongoing problem, you finally accept this is just the way it is, and you accept it. 
But this woman doesn't accept it. I want us to see she doesn't accept it. She decides, maybe there's one more thing I can do that I haven't tried yet. Maybe Jesus can do something for me. Maybe he can reverse this. Maybe he can turn things around. So the first thing I want us to see about the story is the unclean, unclean woman. The second thing I want us to see, she's an unwelcome woman. Number one, she's in the Jewish culture and she is a woman. Everybody knows Jew- Jewish culture was a man's world. And she was to follow a man around. So she's kind of unwelcome coming up to the front of Jesus. Because there's a whole bunch of men all around, all trying to crowd in. He's like, he's, he's like some rock star going through the crowd. And everybody wants, wants to touch him. So she comes up from behind. And I thought, there's a practical lesson for us Christians. If the front door is locked... Try the back door. If the back door is locked, check out a window. If you can't get through a window, find a way to get up on the roof and tear the roof apart to get down in there. You got to get to Jesus. He's the only hope you have. Somebody say amen. Amen. He's the only hope that we have. So she, the NIV, which we just read, says that she touched the edge of of his cloak. The King James Version says, the border of his garment. Matthew chapter 14, verse 36, which is a whole different story. uh, It says, and they begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched it were made perfectly well. So this woman wasn't the only one touching the hem of his garment. There was a whole crowd of people touching the hem of his garment. Once it happens to one person and they tell the story, everybody else wants to to happen to them. They want to go through the same thing. So I want to, I need to talk a minute about the hem, about the border, the edge. Actually, the, the literal translation is the fringe, the fringe of his garment, which takes us back to the Old Testament. Remember, they were thinking Old Testament, not 21st century northeast Indiana. It was the culture over there. So I want to take us back to the law. Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 39. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels, on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. So he tells them, he gives them this rule, This isn't how the priests are supposed to dress. This is how everybody's supposed to dress. At the edge, the hem of your garment where the fringe is, edge, there's going to be some tassels. You take the fringe, tie them together. There's a blue cord involved. Blue is a color that represents heaven. And that cord is supposed to be interwoven with the fringe represents God being interwoven with our lives. He's actually a part of us. 
Isn't that good news? God is a part of you. God with us. That's what Jesus Christ is. You have Jesus Christ in your life, you have God with you. You have the Spirit in your life, that's God inside of you. That's really cool. So that everybody would represent God on the earth. Have you ever thought that God wants you to represent him? How are you doing with that? I don't think we're doing so hot. I think there's some changes we need to make. He wants us to represent him on this earth. So she comes up from behind and touches that garment. This would be a good time, Dominic, to put that, that image up. This is what it's like. He's got, this, he's got this fringe with the blue cord in it, and she reaches out to touch that edge, the fringe of his garment. She touches it. And that represents the righteousness of God in him. And she touches the righteousness of God. You want something good to happen to you, you got to touch the righteousness of God. Don't worry about touching the world's righteousness. It'll turn around and stab you in the back. Reach, reach a hold of the righteousness of God. Let's go to the third thing I want us to see about her. It says, and immediately, how quick is that? Immediately, her bleeding stopped. She's an unchanged woman. Not unchanged, unchained She's been set free. She's been liberated. This thing that's held her back, this thing that's confined her, this thing that just holds her in place so she can't move forward, this thing has been instantly stopped. The life that was draining out of her instantly stops draining out of her. Now, she's just as broke as she was before. She's just, an alien, just as alienated from all her friends as she was before. But the drain has been plugged up. No longer is that draining out of her. There is new life coming into her life. She stops dying immediately. And now she can begin to heal and grow, be what she needs to be. She now retains that life inside of her. Would you like to be able to retain the life inside of you? that God wants to put there, God intends to put there, the promises of God, he intends to prosper in your life, we need to touch the hem of his garment. So she's healed. She's like legion sitting there in his right mind, fully clothed. It's time to start over again. She's like Lazarus walking out of the tomb, all wrapped up in the grave clothes, but he's walking. She's like that. She's like the lame man, born of four. Couldn't get in the front door, couldn't get in the back door, couldn't get in the window, so they went up on the roof, lowered, her, lowered him down on the inside, and Jesus tells him, take up your bed and walk. He couldn't get in, but everybody moves out of the way and lets him out. Everything's turned around in these people's lives. And God wants to turn everything around in your life. He wants to turn everything around in my life. He wants to change us, church. He wants to make us good representatives of him on planet Earth. 
here's number four. She's an unknown woman. I say that because Jesus says, who touched me? He's looking around. Who touched me? He doesn't know her. He doesn't know who touched him. He's supposed to know everything. But he looks around and he says, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples said, Master, everybody's touching you. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. There's a someone in the crowd. There's a someone out here who sought me out. There's a someone who came up from behind. There's a someone who touched me. I know it's a someone. Who is it that touched me? I know power has gone out from me. How do you know power's gone out from you? Let me, let me, let me explain to you ordinary people how you know when power's gone out of you. When you do something to serve someone else and you put your whole heart and soul into serving someone else and you help someone else get their life together and then when you go home afterwards and you feel like taking a nap, you feel like crashing, you feel exhausted because something good has gone out of you. When you taught a class and there was an anointing in teaching the class, whether it's kids or adults, and you just feel drained afterwards, that's because something inside of you went out. When you serve God with an anointing, it drains you. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's what Jesus felt. Something had gone out of him. This woman had 12 years of something going out of her. She knows what it is to be drained. And Jesus turns around after just a minute of something going out of him. And he wants to know who's responsible. Who touched me? He's looking for an answer. Here's the fifth thing. I only got six of these, so we're, we're winded down. Number five. She's an unhidden woman. It says, seeing she could not go unnoticed. She sees she could not go unnoticed. She can't get away here secretly. She can't be private about this. She's got to speak out what happened to her. She is an unknown. But if she speaks it out, she becomes known. As long as she's silent, holding it on the inside, nobody knows anything about it. But she's got to speak out. So her confession makes her known, brings her out of the shadows. And I want to say this to us, church. If God's done something for us, we should be speaking it out. Because we'll stay in the shadows, we'll stay in the silence, unless we speak it out. When we confess it, when we speak it out, now we come out of hiding and we become what the Lord wants us to be, good representatives of him on this earth. So you can't stay in the shadows once you've been found out. I think those of you that know me know that I would prefer to stay in the shadows. But I'm up here this morning speaking it out because I can't stay in the shadows. I would prefer, I'm, I'm selfish, I would prefer to be in the shadows. I would rather sit in the seat right back there. 
but God won't let me do that. I have to do what he's called me to do. And some of you have been too comfortable sitting in the shadows, sitting in the comfortable place where you don't feel like you're in the hot seat. In reality, hiding out is in the hot seat. You need to step out. Use your gift. Use your talent. Use what you've learned to help someone else with it. She's an unhidden woman out in the open, out in the public. She has to tell her story. And here's the last thing, and I want us to see it. She's an unforgotten woman. Jesus looks at her, and he says, Daughter, doesn't know her name, doesn't know anything about her. All he knows is some kind of power went out of him into her. And she just spoke it out. And as she spoke it out, he heard what she said. He told her, she told him why, if you paid attention to the verse, why she touched the hem of his garment and how she had been made whole. That was her testimony. Your testimony is, this is, this is what I went through in my life. This is what I thought. This is what I believed. And then I met Jesus, and it changed everything. It changed everything. That's the story you have to tell. Jesus says, daughter, what does daughter represent? Represents adoption. She's, she's just a stranger, but he calls her daughter. What does that mean? Her speaking out made something reality in her. She's, she's been adopted. She is not Jesus' daughter, but listen, Jesus on this earth represents the Father, the Creator. If you want to know what God the Father is like, you have to look at God the Son. He is a representation of the Father down here on this earth. And so when he speaks to her, he's speaking on behalf of his father. He says, daughter, this is ownership. He is a, he, she's just confessed what happened to her. Now he is confessing her position with God. You are now a daughter. And the second thing he says is be of good cheer. Cheer up. Good news. Be encouraged. He's encouraging her. You know, I, my, our daughter was a cheerleader in high school. You know, cheerleaders aren't out competing with the, with the sports teams. They're cheering the sports teams on. Go team, go. She would learn all these chants and and all these movements that they would all do together, a very artsy, artsy thing, it becomes, cheerleader becomes a sport in itself. And she's very involved in that. I think the church would be a whole lot better off if we all joined the cheerleading team, if we all became cheerleaders. Listen, you either need to get in the game or you need to cheer the players on, one or the other. You can't sit back and be a spectator. You either have to get in the game or cheer the players on. And Jesus is a cheerleader. He's cheering her on. Be of good cheer. 
Be encouraged. Good news. Got good news for you, lady. And then the third thing he says is go in peace. Go in peace. Most of us look at the peace. Oh, she's got peace now. But I look at the go. He wants her to go. Take what you've learned here and go do something with it. Your bleeding has stopped. Your curse has been lifted. Your problem has been taken away. Now go do something with it. And I want to I motivate our church. I want to motivate us. And I'm, I'm a cheerleader for myself. I have to cheer myself on because I'd rather sit in the seat back there. I have to cheer myself on. I have to motivate myself. We have to motivate each other. All of us need to encourage each other. Because if your bleeding has stopped, that's wonderful. But there's always somebody else that's still bleeding to death. She knew what it was to bleed to death and slowly have this bleed drain out of her. And she found a solution, and it was in Jesus. And you can find a solution, and I'll guarantee you it's in Jesus. Amen. I'm not saying go see the doctor and see what he can do for your problem. Because sometimes Jesus arranges doctors. And I'm thankful for the doctors he's arranged in my life. Give, give me wisdom in that health area. But I want to motivate us all to be what God wants us to be spiritually. So I have a question to ask. And I'm, I'm speaking to the people at home as well. If you're at a place in your life where you feel like something is draining out of you, you feel like, you feel like a, a battery next morning after the lights have been left on all, all night. You drained down. And you feel in your life something is drained down and it goes on and on and you don't see an end in sight. And you want to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. If that's you, as a sign to God that you're serious, I'm going to ask you to raise a hand. Reach up toward, toward that tassel. Reach up toward him. I got my hand up. I want God to heal me. Those of you at home, raise your hand. Right there in your living room, raise your hand. It's a sign to God. You're, it's it's like a confession that you want to reach out and you want to touch him. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for every hand that's raised. Father, at home and here in the house, we pray, Father, that you're going to touch us. Lord, we're reaching up. If we could touch, grab a hold of that physical tassel, we would do it. But Father, we pray that you would just see our faith, our faith, because Jesus told the woman her faith had made her whole. So Father, our faith is reaching up to you, grabbing hold of that tassel, grabbing hold of that hem of your garment, and we're asking God that you would bring renewal to us and give us a chance to represent you in this dark world. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now. You said the prayer, you heard the lesson, now let's do something with it. Amen? Let's be the church he's called us to be. Let's stand together. We've got one last song to sing.